As cities today are expanding rapidly with population and automobile growth, a simple mention of the word traffic universally evokes a certain level of anxiety and stress in most people. In fact, the phrases traffic jam and gridlock symbolize not just an inconvenience, but also a massive degree of unstated helplessness. Hello everyone and welcome to Clarity, a podcast series designed to create a safe space for conversations and reflections. I'm your host, Janvi Gurja, a curious people observer, an executive coach and co-founder of Vital Signs Advisory. Launched in 2023, our podcast Clarity deep-dived into decoding the nuances of emotional foreplay experienced by individuals in their daily lives. Very often, these charades made or marred our day. In 2023, we hosted 27 episodes aimed at contextualizing the impact of our micro-emotions on our relationships and self-worth. This year, we shine the spotlight on analyzing the impact of individual emotions on public behaviors as demonstrated by each of us in our communities. Ranging from why people break the law or why even though they partake intensely in armchair politics, they seldom turn up to vote, we are in the process of exploring the minds of individuals who have answers for these questions. Backed by authentic and reliable frameworks of psychological research and the principles of behavioral science, the focus of clarity this year is to understand our public behaviors and cultures we build through questions and challenging existing beliefs. In our previous episode released on 10th January 2024 titled Need for Speed, we reflected on the perplexity of what pushes people to drive insanely beyond the speed limits even though they run a sure shot risk of either being fed by a tube for a lifetime or staying buried six feet under well ahead of their time. What is the psychology behind why these people take dirty risks and look for cheap thrills that lead them to dire consequences? Is it because these delinquent thrills usually give a momentary rush of adrenaline and dopamine often addicting us to do more? Or, even though the pain of losing life is far more than the pleasure of protecting, why do many people experience great joy in breaking the law and experiencing a high by getting away with it? To understand more about the impact of these irresponsible behaviors, and to empathize with the authorities who manage the enormous traffic in our city. Please allow me to welcome the Joint Commissioner of Police, Traffic, Bangalore City, Mr. M.N. Anuchet, as the guest of honor in this episode of Clarity. Welcome to the Clarity, Anuchet. Thank you so much. As a behavioral psychologist, I have a hypothesis to share with you. Most raid, um, you know, most road traffic accidents and road rage is caused because of poor traffic manners and disrespectful behaviors towards other commuters. But there is a common misconception that better roads and infrastructure can reduce the risk of accidents. What are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, so I do believe that uh, good roads are necessary um, for the nation's development as a whole. Uh, you need people to move faster, you need goods to move faster. Um, and in terms of road safety as such, um, if there are any black spots, as in engineering defects or any road defects, uh, which are leading to accidents, then it is imperative that we rectify those this thing. So all in all, good road infrastructure is important. Now, whether that translates into good road behavior is another question which needs to be answered. But good road, good infrastructure, definitely leads to lesser fatalities, lesser crashes. 
as we have seen throughout the uh, entire concept of black spots where we identify areas of roads prone to accidents and rectify them either through engineering either through signages either through education there we have seen there's a reduction in the fatalities or the number of injuries or the number of crashes itself so good road infrastructure is good in terms of mobility and road safety but whether that again leads to better road user behavior is another question which which actually brings me to a point where in you know despite having multiple signboards and cameras on the roads yeah. riders and drivers continue to hold their mobiles and try and balance their vehicles on one hand or balance the steering with the other hand and because of this okay what i have read recently is that there have been about say 823 people who've lost their lives in road accidents in bangalore i mean in you know in the last uh, what one year in 2023 that's what it says now obviously you all are doing a lot you and your department and team are doing a lot okay however people don't seem to follow don't use your mobile phones while driving don't drink and drive or whatever it is the word of caution the signboard the precautions that you keep putting out at every possible milestone people continue to either overspeed or be reckless so what are the current measures you and your team have introduced you know so that people become a little more sensitive and they're able to use the good roads for better commute so in the last year 2023 mm-hmm. there have been 883 crashes fatal crashes and 913 people lost their lives mm-hmm. which is the second highest in india okay. for a city mm-hmm. um incidentally we have the second largest vehicle population in india mm-hmm. which is about 1.2 crores okay um and we have the largest private vehicle population in india mm-hmm. we beat every other metro um that's that's a lot yeah, that's for one city so um coming back to your question about uh, what police is doing mm-hmm. um before i answer that i just want to say that if we analyze the crashes uh, there are two aspects to it one the crashes are happening primarily among motorcycle riders mm-hmm. about 40% crashes are amongst motorcycle riders um, second if you see the educational background of the people who caused the crashes about 36 to 38% have done only primary education and secondary education only right that just shows that traffic awareness traffic regulations needs to be inculcated at a very young age mm-hmm. right so so coming back to what we are doing simple things of creating small awareness about telling people that wearing a helmet clasping it right will save your life the probability of you surviving a crash increases tremendously just by doing that simple thing wearing a small seat belt um will engage your um uh, uh, in in when there's a collision when there's the uh, basically uh, uh the probability increases of survival when when absolutely belt, absolutely right? and you know strangely so i have noticed a lot of people who will put the seat belt on to the seat but sit ahead of the seat belt now i cannot for the life of me understand why would someone bear with this kind of discomfort and risk when all you need to do is put that 3 point seat belt on to you and it prevents you 
from any kind of so whiplash. It's a user behavior. So uh, I was SP of Chetuturga way back in 2015-16 mm-hmm. when the compulsory helmet rule came into place mm-hmm. that everyone had to wear a helmet. You know, mm-hmm. the kind of uh, backlash we got was mm-hmm. like uh, uh, people complained it's too hot. to wear exactly. a helmet right mm-hmm. uh, some people committed to mess up their hair mm-hmm. um, we caught a couple who are going to a wedding mm-hmm. the lady was not wearing she said it would mess up her makeup oh my right God. Mm-hmm. so um, the whole idea is to put a premium on your life i mean that needs to be inculcated first where you say no my life is important mm-hmm. it's precious mm-hmm. there are people waiting for me who are dependent on me mm-hmm. and if that is inculcated i think everything else will follow like for example you don't need to see a traffic cop to follow traffic rules right exactly i mean uh, I, you should be more worried about you know an accident or surviving one than actually being caught for not for, f- violations and i've seen a lot of people do that the minute at a distance they they see a policeman waiting or a police woman waiting they will immediately take a detour or go into one of the gullies and try and escape yeah and and the joy of having escaped the police personnel is so high that they actually don't care about their own life being at risk yeah right so they actually you know they skid and they ride extremely fast very unmindful of pedestrians unmindful of stray animals on the road or you know other hand carts on the road so this is something that i find is a crazy thrill yeah and um, you know and this is something which i cannot for the life of me understand why would you do that i mean today you can right royally get a license you can invest in a safe vehicle why would you not want to wear a helmet i mean what kind of vanity is it that prevents you from wearing a helmet no uh, so i think uh, we need to catch them young mm-hmm. we need to inculcate this right at the primary school level mm-hmm. across all schools and are you all doing something like we that we are doing so we have written to dcert in mm-hmm. karnataka mm-hmm. for every class we have created a small syllabus mm-hmm. which is akin to the age group that they are teaching um we have a something called as a student association for road safety okay where one constable is attached to each of the 4400 schools in bangalore city okay he goes once a week mm-hmm. takes a small class to uh, uh for an hour or so for one class mm-hmm. um where they are taught about basic measures of road safety like mm-hmm. look left look right i can look left while crossing a road mm-hmm. you know wear a helmet Uh, if you are sitting on the thing tell your papa or mama to wear a helmet mm. you know mm. in fact there are parents who come and tell us that my child doesn't get onto the bike if i am not wearing a helmet right so inculcating them at a very young age about putting a premium on their life mm-hmm. and following rules and sh- ensuring that they understand that rules are meant for their safety correct and you prioritize your safety first correct and not be afraid because a traffic cop is there or not i think there is a very wrong notion in there right from a young age we are mm. told do this or the police, police will come yes the police is always seen as some kind of a you know some kind of a demon who is going to come and penalize you yeah. if you don't do yeah. the police has never been projected as a friend of the people as somebody who is partnering with the people across various dimensions and and i think that humanization of the police is very important yeah the, so i think uh, that's a perception problem also yeah. but i think by just uh, seeing it as a deterrent mm, mm. Uh, doesn't serve the purpose i think just telling by telling a child if you don't do something you will get penalized for it i think that's the wrong way of approach at completely i think telling them to put a premium on their life that they are worth it you know their safety is first to take care of their safety their life i think that's more important and the way we need to do it is to put it across in a way 
where they understand that this is the norm hmm hmm not an exception you know absolutely if i don't wear i'll get caught that's an exception so you should it should be the norm that if i sit on a vehicle i need to uh, on a two wheeler put on my helmet if i sit in a four wheeler or whatever i need to put my seat belt on simple things and and if they don't do it it should not be seen as okay i didn't do it i got away with it so i am i'm a hero yeah you know and and that brings me to this part that we all come somehow from a culture huh. where speed yeah. is um you know is attributed as a sign of success as a sign of progress so say for example if the child who runs the fastest is given a medal the person who completes the sum in the class fastest is considered a genius so what has happened very very unconsciously speed has got it's a very very kind of a premium superiority and people always keep saying what have you done with life how quickly have you achieved things so it's difficult for people now to differentiate that when they are operating a machine like an automobile they're not able to differentiate that and hence somehow i think a lot of it gets translated onto the way they commute they drive or they navigate their vehicles right so because of that because of that and the status bias which is there it is very very important for people to change their perception that conditional adherence to safety is not the way we're going to go about it it honestly has to be a way of life right. so what would you think or recommend is important one you said is education at a very early age and second what about in terms of infrastructure for example every crossing of the road in most developed countries has a beeping signal okay so today whether someone's visually impaired or someone is ambulatory it's not easy for them to cross the roads even for us there are multiple junctions where we can't cross the road it's a you know hit or a miss kind of a thing so while on one end you I, i take your word let's imbibe safety as a culture right from a very young age and not make it con- you know conditional let's make it a norm but what are some of the infrastructural changes you think are required and therefore it's important for all of us to you know root for those infrastructural for example at signals or at you know um while we're crossing pedestrian crossing what is important and how can the general public be mindful of that yeah so there are four cardinal principles of road safety mm-hmm. one is being the first e is education mm-hmm. second is enforcement okay. then there's engineering and then there is emergency services mm-hmm. so these are the four e's of road safety i just spoke about education awareness mm-hmm. the second one is enforcement i think in terms what traffic police actually does mm-hmm. in terms of road safety is to ensure that enforcement of laws happens and violations are violations are booked so actually in bangalore what we are doing right now we are doing some sort of a contactless enforcement where ai based cameras are actually capturing certain basic seven types of violations which are leading to the largest number of fatalities mm. these are not wearing a helmet not wearing a seat belt using a mobile phone over speeding jumping a traffic signal light stopping on a pedestrian crossing etc etc so why we chose these seven violations because these are the seven most common violations which leads to accidents right? mm-hmm. which leads to uh, greater risk of uh, fatality in an if an accident occurs now that's in terms of enforcement we are trying to do that um, in terms of identifying road stretches where accidents are happening and targeting our enforcement on those issues for those particular type of violations for example we have the airport corridor airport corridor contributes 11% of fatalities for bangalore city right. it's 34 km stretch right from hebbal right up to the airport mm. so there speeding is a problem mm. so uh, along with the airport authorities we uh, put speed trap cameras mm-hmm. where we are trying to get people to um, 
drive at the safe speed limit of 80 kilometers per mm-hmm. hour so targeted interventions are also being done in terms of enforcement but there are a lot of jaywalkers who just dart across yeah so the second part would be in terms of engineering mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. road infrastructure mm-hmm. so what you spoke about making mo- streets safer to walk mm-hmm. uh, by because the only way you are going to contribute to enhanced public transport usage is to ensure that roads are safe to walk mm-hmm. like if i need to walk 500 meters from my house to, to go to a metro station mm-hmm. you need to provide a good footpath yeah. and ensure that the person is safe even at the middle of the night mm-hmm. for him to use or her to mm-hmm. use so the whole concept of road engineering should include the pedestrian also pedestrian safety and the pedestrian yeah. usage yeah pedestrian usage i mean the, the unfortunately uh, so far at least till a couple of years back the uh, road was only thought of widening you know mm-hmm. more cars let us widen the mm-hmm. road at the cost of pedestrian safety you removed uh, footpaths you reduced footpaths or whatever it mm-hmm. is so where we have a high speed corridor like mm. a elevated corridor mm. we see there are a lot of crashes below uh, at the junctions mm. like jakur junction is a major headache for us so along with few groups like um, the uh, world resource institute the bbmp mm. we designed a very nice what you spoke about a safe passage way for pedestrians mm. right mm. one other way is to have skywalks or underpasses or subways where people can use it but it's another question to make people use it exactly. we have a wonderful uh, subway at uh, the market circle in bangalore yeah, yeah. which nobody uses nobody uses we literally had to put 22 home guards hmm. to push people to use that there's there's one very nice one on high, near high grounds yeah. nobody uses nobody it uses it's beautiful that. it's yeah. practically empty yeah. there multiple you know skywalks which people don't use and yeah. then again it's the question of a behavior that people need to inculcate right. Right? right they just think they can dart across a road and nobody's going to hit them yeah so uh, in terms of uh, engineering in in ter- so i- incorporating pedestrians mm-hmm. as a part of the road itself mm-hmm. their safety mm-hmm. or enhancing its usage mm-hmm. i think would not only contribute to uh, safer roads it would also contribute to more usage of public transport mm-hmm. uh, if given a choice mm-hmm. i would like to have public transport in bangalore uh, because it's faster hmm. anybody yes. who lives yes. along a metro line hmm. knows that's the fastest way to travel in bangalore city absolutely right absolutely. and that's the way to go i mean good cities mm-hmm. like mumbai mm-hmm. mumbai uh, has 72% usage of Met- public, public transport. transport yes as in bangalore is just 47% right. i mean we we have 25% you know mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. if we can go to 70% nothing like it in bangalore so that would be in terms of engineering mm. and in terms of emergency services in case then accident happens mm. how we can enhance the uh, you know medical care to that person by mm-hmm. ensuring that he gets it very fast there's a golden hour principle where yes. within an hour if you can t- get them treated mm. so it's the movement of ambulances ensuring that the nearest ambulance reaches them they go to the nearest hospital mm-hmm. So we are working along those lines also we created something called e-path mm-hmm. just about 15 days back where we track ambulances if they are stuck in a congestion we get automatic alerts that they are stuck somewhere mm-hmm. we ensure that a safe passage is given to them so these are all the things which we can do right now and and you are saying that you all are working with the other departments of the government like the public transport 
like the emergency services, all of them in an interrelated way yeah. to ensure that people get timely relief. Absolutely. And there's, you know, decongestion of traffic happening. Yeah, because there are multiple stakeholders, right? Yes. The roads are maintained by three different agencies. The National Highway is maintained by the NHAI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are PWD roads maintained by mm-hmm. PWD. Mm-hmm. There are BBMP roads maintained by BBMP. That's the road infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Now there is the healthcare, uh, health and family welfare department, which takes care of the healthcare. Yeah. Then there's a traffic engineering cell of the BBMP, mm-hmm. which looks into signages, uh, thermoplastic marking, mm. uh, junction design. Mm. Then there's the traffic police, which looks into crashes wow. and all that. So it is a multidisciplinary kind of a uh, system, mm-hmm. uh, multiple stakeholders. We do have good coordination with them. So, so what according to you? I mean, I'm sure you and your team have um, met with a lot of rule breakers, you know, whether you're finding them or even questioning. But what according to you in all your years of experience is the reason that even though rules exist... Okay, people break them. Okay, is there a gap between what we think people understand of the rule, or do they think are these rules really serious or not serious? What what according to you is, you know, the mentality? No, I think it's a question of deterrence, right? Mm-hmm. So there are two kind of deterrents. Mm-hmm. There's a social deterrent, mm-hmm. and there is a penal deterrent. Mm-hmm. Now, penal deterrent is where you do this wrong, you'll be penalized this way. Mm. So that's a law, penal law, which mm. says that you hit somebody, you're going to be penalized this way. This is the punishment for you. Mm. So that itself is a trend for a lot of people saying mm. that, okay, I need don't need to do this. Second one is social deterrent. Social deterrent is when the society as a whole doesn't, you know, accept it. Unfortunately, in terms of traffic violations, we accept a lot of these things. Yeah. yeah. We simply don't bother if a person... Is not wearing a helmet. And, and nobody um, either shames them or nobody even questions yeah, them. It starts right from home. Yes. So if a, at, uh, when a child is growing up, mm-hmm. uh, it does something wrong, you say, no, you don't do that. Mm-hmm. And you inculcate a sense of social deterrence. Right? right. Wherein you say, this is right, this is wrong. Yes. Now, right from that stage itself, I feel road usage or road user behavior mm-hmm. is not inculcated. Right. So that is lacking in, in, in a lot of people. And that contributes, I feel, to this erratic road behavior or um, disregard for one's own safety. So a lot has to do with early childhood upbringing and social conditioning where, for some reason, people feel cheating on an exam is wrong. People feel, uh, you know, borrowing money or getting into excess, um, you know, uh, loans and those kind of things is wrong. Or smoking and drinking is wrong, right? However, traffic violation is not seen as a social shame. No. It is just seen as, okay, you got away, good, good, there are no cops in this area. Why don't you take, you know, this route and come? I don't see cops in this area. I I, hear people saying that. Yeah, and I, uh, I mean, there was an app created somewhere in 2013 by a very enterprising student Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. showed the location of police where they're doing drunk and drive checks just to help people get away. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. So, it is no longer a matter of shame or a matter of disdain when actually someone violates a law. Yeah. Parents consider it a matter of pride that my son you know, or my daughter was drinking and driving and came back home, no yeah. problem about it. Yeah. Or there is also the status, um, status symbol because you know who we know, how high am I placed in the society ladder, which tells me that don't worry, even if I drink and drive, I know how to get away. I know people who know people who can get me out of it. And in all of this, some victim 
totally unconnected with all of these people loses his or her life and becomes an organ donor and that's the most unfortunate thing isn't it right what happens to those families what happens to those people yeah. there's absolutely no regard for it yeah yeah especially when you see uh, the largest number of two wheeler crashes ha- happens among the age group of 25 to 35 yes. who are in the prime of their life mm-hmm. were breadwinners for their family yes and not only that person the entire family gets you know almost destroyed by that one single incident yes absolutely and and you know and that's the whole thing because many of the youth according to our research okay in our society they overspeed due to peer pressure and they want to look cool and as if they are in control because they get teased saying oh you're so slow you're driving like a woman first and foremost they feel women so there is a gender shaming happening over yeah. there then there is a complete shaming of saying you're not cool enough so to give in to peer pressure people think it's cool to drive fast or to ride fast they and and obviously very limited awareness very limited self governance and nobody is putting you down for it you fail in an exam people look down upon you but if you skip a red light nobody is yelling screaming or you know shouting at you in school or anywhere else right so therefore what can be done further from your department to increase the awareness for this youth to be mindful because if they've started driving now at 15 16 17 or 18 they're going to be driving for the next 30 40 years and we can't have monsters on the street can we so what can be done from your end or what do you think should be done to change these kind of behaviors so i mean if you look at it um, speed is kind of romanticized it is right? mm-hmm. you have a lot of films on speed itself oh yes mm-hmm. uh, you have formula 1 racing which is which a lot of people view yes, yes which is primarily based on speed speed yes so i think uh, but like i said again that um, you need to send uh, inculcate a sense of safety it's not about just about speed like the, lot of lot of super bikes which are used on weekends you might see on the highways oh yes yes they go there but they are having some safety features they are mm. wearing those um, really high end helmets they are having those uh, pads they are taking safety features into account so it's i think you need to say that uh, after uh, i mean we can romanticize speed but you need to say that okay this also needs to be done mm, mm, mm. that sense needs to be inculcated right and the other one is whoever is indulging in dangerous driving by way of drag racing mm. wheeling mm. right which is a mm. huge menace if mm. you see 41% of wheeling who have been caught for wheeling are below 18 mm. they're not even adults oh my god yeah mm. so uh, if you see that i think there there needs to be a far more stricter penal deterrent mm-hmm. which we are pushing for mm. i think the f- fine is simply not enough i think they should be vehicle should be confiscated i think the driving license if they have one should be confiscated should be confiscated yes. or they should never be allowed if they are a juvenile should not mm. be allowed for a certain amount of time till they have re- modified or rectified their behavior yes. to be allowed to drive or ride right i think th- it should be far more uh, and, and this should be cleared you know anuchit this should be cleared by a psychologist or somebody a person of authority saying now this person is of sound behavior you know and only now can this person apply for a license just you know or even there should be a minimal level of education for people to obtain a license yeah. otherwise they don't understand the value of that license yeah. and and uh, coming back to mm-hmm. uh, driving like a woman mm. uh, to be <laughs> very honest uh, if you actually see the statistics mm. uh, far less number of women are killed in driving mm. La- if you see the percentage also of the women driver to crashes or this mm. thing mm. is lesser far less number of women 
in terms of percentages i'm mm. talking about absolute percentages mm-hmm. uh, drink and drive mm. um and are less prone to accidents right so i i wish everyone drives like common to be very honest i think we we have had the sense of uh, this uh, saying that you know uh, using it as a pejorative mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i think which is not true which is not true at yeah, all yeah. i think um, i think it's something it comes back from a sense of responsibility to a large extent women again are socially the archetype is that we are supposed to be responsible for families for nurturing them and therefore i think that sense of responsibility continues on to the road yeah we are still in a nurturing mode so we're very careful about life we're very careful about people on the road we're mindful about it hmm. and and maybe this is also a point where i think the whole perception that it's just not women who have to nurture everybody is responsible for nurturing right you know and, and that's the most important thing and for us why this became even more important is because somewhere the entire onus is put on the bangalore city traffic police right whether people are stuck in traffic whether there's an accident and you'll always see this mentality people will see someone has had a crash nobody will get down to help them you know everyone says oh god this you know the police need to do something about it mindlessly people shift the blame onto the police right and my empathy with your team and you is that while i see so many of them doing their work enforcing their work you know what are some of the things that your team really struggles with on the you know on the street and what is it that we as citizens can do to help your team uh, uh, very simple just just take some good road safety measure mm-hmm. mm. we we are riding wear a helmet mm. driving wear a seat belt don't use a mobile phone mm. don't follow traffic rules mm. that's the simplest thing you can help the traffic police with okay. right if there's a no parking zone please don't park there correct right mm. um e- e- please park it in the parking zone walk 500 meters and mm. go to mm. your this thing mm. that's one way where everybody can help us i mean so uh, we are looking at ways where we understand why a congestion happening without anybody telling us we have gone to that stage mm. because mm. people simply just don't bother mm. to communicate wha- what has happened mm. but with t- twitter and insta and all the uh, social mm. media forums coming on uh, people do let us know now uh, where this thing happened but we using the available technology stores we are finding out why congestions is happening right mm-hmm. uh we are going we are creating a small small bot channel where mm-hmm. people can update traffic crashes so that we know faster than right. what we are knowing today uh, because of the emergency response we want the emergency response to go to them as fast as possible mm-hmm. N- junction get clear can get cleared but i think if we can save a life nothing like it right so uh, if people can let us know by dialing 112 mm-hmm. um, tweeting mm-hmm. whatever in when a road accident happens or a road crash happens mm-hmm. uh, or there's a road block mm-hmm. it can be water logging it can be a vehicle which has broken down mm-hmm. uh, we can help that ensure that the congestion reduces and faster. what is the twitter handle where they can reach you oh it's at blr city traffic bangalore city traffic at blr city bangalore city traffic t r a f f i c okay so it's b l r c i t y t r a f f i c okay that's your twitter handle so if anyone wants to or reach anybody out. can just dial 112 okay and Nothing and they'll like be responded immediately As- absolutely 112 we receive about 10000 calls a day yeah so a lot of people are using it we, we would like more people to use it. fantastic so this month i believe from the 15th of january to the 15th of february is observed as national road safety month yes okay what are the initiatives you and your department are doing to raise awareness about road safety and also towards building safety orientation as a civic culture for all of us yeah so um we have taken up four themes for this national road safety month 
uh, one is giving way to an ambulance a uh, very simple thing when you see an ambulance approaching from behind mm-hmm. just move to the left clear a uh, clear path for them on the right mm-hmm. right okay. simple thing then uh, one is to wear a helmet mm-hmm. second a third is to wear a seat belt mm-hmm. fourth is not to use a mobile phone so these are the four themes which we have taken up um idea is to create awareness also and create enforcement on the ground as well mm-hmm. so we felt these last three things contributed the highest number of uh, causes for or reasons for fatalities in bangalore city in the last three years mm-hmm. so we are targeting these three particular violations also so uh, we had a huge um, uh, gathering which was uh, at the kantirwa stadium last saturday where the honorable chief minister of karnataka inaugurated it mm. we had about 25000 students coming in uh, in kannada we call it molakelli tiddiri mm-hmm. as in uh, cast them young basically yes. we had a lot mm. of school children being inculcated we feel that uh, uh, because today's children are tomorrow citizens right Absolutely. so i think it's our duty to make them responsible citizens as well so we have a small traffic park in uh, st marks road mm. where about in the last year 12000 students had come we had about 100 students coming there every this thing where uh, about traffic signages and road safety is taught to them mm-hmm. so we thought we'll improve that also we'll create four more parks we are on the look out for some parks from bbmp where we can have more children coming in and they are thought about that uh, in terms of uh, um, so we launched this e path that mm-hmm. is for ambulances initiative for that then in terms of citizen centric services we want to we, we sh- shortly by jan 31st i think we'll launch a small channel uh, wherein people can upload Mm. photos mm. or locations of uh, mm. the crashes road crashes and road conditions so that we get faster data about what's happening on the roads so when you said that you get about 10000 calls a day and your team and you are very responsive i would like to you know attest that you know listeners when i called mr anuchet i called him and he picked up the phone in the second ring and he heard me out and he said okay i will be a part of the podcast he did not take any more time than that and he said yes i agree this is important and that's the level of responsiveness now that's i was a stranger i was just somebody who had his number got it and i called him i introduced myself and he responded so that's the level of responsiveness he's just not saying it because he thinks the numbers look great he is saying it because he means it and i vouch for that so we firmly believe all of us believe okay to a large extent that if the sole responsibility of maintaining road safety is thrust purely on the traffic police in bangalore city it's bound to attract higher levels of deviance every day right people will hoodwink the law when there are no cops around or when the roads are empty they will jump a signal okay so as citizens you have said that we need to have better self governance that yeah. is not driving while talking on the mobile not drinking and driving parking in allotted parking slots wearing a seat belt wearing a helmet with the clasp on and at all points in time being mindful and following the traffic rules right just as simple as that it's as simple as that otherwise we would be facing dire penal consequences yeah so you know at the end of the day to if you look at it dispassionately mm-hmm. for us an accident turns out to be another number mm. but not for that person and his family absolutely right absolutely. so if you start looking at it that way mm. that no it it's my life on the line mm. i think a lot of things will change and um, 
uh, I just want to tell everybody that even if a traffic cop is not on the road, we are watching. Uh, the we have about seven thousand five hundred cameras now as part of the Safe City project. Mm-hmm. So at the back end, we are having an AI engine mm-hmm. which is constantly monitoring all the seven thousand five hundred cameras. So initially, we had it at about two hundred and fifty locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly by the month of March, we'll extend it to all seven thousand five hundred places. So every nook and corner, we'll be booking people. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. So you know what? you and the entire uniformed personnel right. of bangalore city traffic who are out there on the streets 24/7 you're doing a fabulous fabulous job so i honestly i honestly want to express my gratitude to you because if not for y'all you know we would have been in a far worse position and it is not easy a city such as ours which is growing rapidly every day extremely complex because we have multiple vehicles we have starting from the handcart and a pushcart to a high speed supercar superbike which is on our roads we have people of different age groups people of different wealth and socio economic status and different education levels so this kind of complexity yeah this kind of 24/7 this city used to end many years ago by you know 6 pm today the city is 24/7 working Absolutely. right and i can only imagine the enormity of your task yeah so just to give an example uh, today mm-hmm. at 515 mm. uh, there's a traffic conge- uh, severe congestion alert on the nice road mm. uh, near bannergatta right. so uh, so we watch it 24 by 7 every 15 minutes we are getting uh, uh, ai is looking into it and seeing where congestion is happening mm. where is acceptable where it's not acceptable so there's something called a severe congestion 515 in the morning shouldn't have severe congestion mm. Mm. so then we uh, it was relayed to our night round staff and mm. the night round staff went there and they said that uh, elephants are crossing mm. right so okay. i mean even in a city like bangalore we have elephants crossing yeah, be- into uh, into uh, the because nice we have road. we have actually uh, invaded into the habitat of these animals i yeah. mean as our city has expanded unfortunately we have invaded into their habitat and it's only natural that they will yeah. come in and and it's a good point so which also means that not only have to have we to be mindful of other commuters we also have to be mindful of other creatures like animals and wild animals especially that are there on the fringes of the city right. so we, we need to be very mindful my last question to you okay on an everyday basis right uh, when you hit points of frustration right okay firstly what really blows your fuse and when it blows your fuse how do you as the joint commissioner of bangalore city traffic police bring yourself to a neutral state of mind uh Uh, so i generally don't get that angry to be very honest mm-hmm. um i'm pretty calm most of the time uh, but when i find my people not doing what they're supposed to do especially in terms of traffic regulation like we have peak hours uh, which is 7:30 to about 11 in the morning and about 4:30 to 9 in the evening mm-hmm. so we expect them to do certain things during those peak hours mm-hmm. if they're not doing and i find it visible that mm-hmm. they're not doing then yeah i do get uh, angry uh so how do i blow off steam um, see i i think at the end of the day uh, everybody is giving their maximum i think none of my staff are just you know uh, dilly dallying or this thing so i always feel that all of us are giving our best and this is the best we can do hmm. we can get better but on that day we are doing our best and uh, a simple thing like uh, when i'm on my way home i um, i try to switch off from my official mode and 
which is difficult because the mobile phone's always with you right yeah, you're always yeah. on call uh, and play with my daughters i think that that's a huge uh, stress buster stress buster fantastic fantastic well listeners rule breaking will continue across various dimensions of social existence because there will always be people who seek pleasure in disobedience and non-compliance while many of us may think that laws need to be stricter and enforcement needs to be tighter maybe there lies here an opportunity for each of us to reflect on why we as singular microcosms can't behave better why is it that we feel limited in self-governance and why is it that we feel lighter by shifting the blame on the bangalore city traffic police why do we feel that the cops need to facilitate our journeys in a safe manner even though we are the ones navigating our bikes cars and automobiles through clarity today we hope your desire to question your behaviors on the road has been ignited and we hope that whenever you get the urge to become defiant you redirect it to some place safe because neither are the roads designed for your rage nor are unknown commuters capable of resolving your personal problems so please don't victimize others with poor traffic manners be it by driving on the wrong side of a one way street or by jumping the red signal even if the road is empty stop being a gambler it isn't heroic to speed or overtake other drivers the wrong way if you are that desperate to compete and win i hear that there may be slots for participants still open in the summer olympic games in paris commencing on 26 july 2024 why not try and win there mr anuchet thank you very much for being here today and for supporting us in spite of your busy schedule and helping us to build better awareness in this community so that each of us can become more mindful of our traffic behaviors thank you so much it's a pleasure and honor to be here my sincere is gratitude for your time for your insights and please let us know what we can do to support you and your team together to build a safe culture a safe commute for everybody because After all it's only a set of behavioral issues when addressed can evoke greater appreciation and ownership for constructive use of infrastructure and information and traffic can become a pleasure if only each of us is more mindful right so do let us know how we can help you um yeah we looking forward to engaging with you mm-hmm. uh, just as a last thing which i want to tell all the listeners is that uh, if there's one thing i want to tell everybody is um, start 10 minutes early I think you'll Absolutely. be you'll be far better state of mind when you reach your destination. And absolutely. Absolutely because then you don't have to compromise your life. Thank you. Start 10 minutes early. Those were the closing lines of the Joint Commissioner of Bangalore City Traffic Police, Mr. MN Anuchet. Thank you sir. My sincerest gratitude for being here. Thank you. Hello listeners. I acknowledge that adapting to new patterns can be both complex and tough. but not impossible many of these emotions play out their own charade making us behave in certain ways without actually knowing why through clarity a podcast series designed to create a safe space for our conversations and reflections i feel comfortable sharing my vulnerabilities with you if this episode strikes a chord with you share your story with us on our socials vital signs advisory do visit us on www.vitalsignsconsults.com Don't forget to like, share, subscribe and follow our podcast on Apple, Spotify and YouTube. Until next time then, this is Janvi Gurja signing off. Thank you for listening and being in the moment with me and my guest, Anuchit, the Joint Commissioner of Bangalore City Traffic Police. Take care of yourselves and remember to stay safe and alert on the road because you are precious.